HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Jazzcast Pros. Remember, the industry does what the audience is desiring. So they found out that, oh, wow, these folks like a lot of food. So guess what we'll do? We'll supersize it. And of course, we're thinking, wow, that's great. I can spend my money now and look at all the food I can get because we are now accustomed to feeding our bodies these large, large portions. And then we've got this thing called the Impossible Burger. So everyone's kind of saying, oh, this must be great. This must be wonderful because it's plant-based and I can eat healthy. Well, guess what? You have just by eating that one item gotten to your limit of sodium for that day. So reading labels and looking at that nutritional panel is extremely, extremely important because our food is laden with sodium because that's what they do and they appeal to an audience and we are going for the okie doke because the saltier they can make it, the sweeter they can make it, the more we will buy it. Welcome to Igniting Hope Radio, where we realize the differences between equity and equality. Here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, quite frankly, we don't want equality. We want equity. The only way to change hearts and minds is through emotional engagement, to get people behind it, and continuously support the concept with facts. This is our aim and our mission weekly as you join Pastor George on Igniting Hope Radio. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day that you may be tuning in to Igniting Hope Radio. This is your co-host, Kimberly Slugarambe, and we would like to welcome all of our listening audience on Igniting Hope Radio podcast. We have Pastor George with us, and weekly, as you know, we bring you exciting, fresh content and guests as we give you what you need, which is your weekly dose of hope. This episode, we have a very special guest, someone who's no stranger in the food industry, an amazing chef. She goes by the name of Chef Connie Irvin. She also runs an amazing cooking business called Aunt Connie's Edu Kitchen. To some, she's Aunt Connie. To some, she's Connie Irvin. Really talk to the people about healthy cooking, healthy eating, healthy habits, and some projects that you've been working on, most recently with the Buffalo Center for Health Equity. Hello, everyone. This is Aunt Connie. And it's so good to connect with you today. I want to just kind of share with you, you know, why this is so, so important about, you know, what we eat. And, you know, you've been partnering with us. We've been doing this work around social determinants of health, health equity, and specifically around diabetes. And in this country, one out of 10 Americans have diabetes. And one out of five have diabetes and don't even know it. In the African-American community, African-Americans are like two times more likely to die of diabetes, three and a half times more likely to have renal disease, kidney failure, two and a half more times to have uh, lose a limb, toe, foot, lower leg, uh, all because of diabetes. And, and diabetes can actually move into to heart disease, 
vision loss, kidney failure. And one of the things that contributes to diabetes and and other poor health uh, situations is what we eat. And so, Connie, can you tell us a little bit about how we can can use eating as a way to, to address some of the health challenges we have in our community? Well, I believe that all of the reasons, all of the um, data that you have outlined uh, is directly responsible um, to the way we eat. Um, we have a history of having being led down paths through commercial marketing, et cetera, of um, eating items that aren't necessarily good for our body. They taste good uh, in terms of having high sugar levels and high sodium levels. And that's pretty much what manufacturers promote to get us to eat those items. But as we know, long-term, they are really a detriment to the health of our community. And I just believe that if we can change our eating habits, we can turn most of that around pretty quickly. It's been demonstrated over and over again. There's great examples out there of people who have changed their eating habits and turned it around and become healthy individuals and the health of our community. And it it surrounds so much of how we approach our day, our learning and how our children learn, et cetera. Eating healthy is critical to our well-being all around. So let's talk about it from a historical context because as we were, you know, kidnapped and, and, and brought into this country and forced to live in just inhumane conditions. But even in the midst of, of those conditions, even with limited control over the diets that we could have, how through systemic and historical and institutional racism, how has that impacted our past eating habits And how do they still influence our current eating habits? Well, as you know, we were pretty much given the scraps off the table to eat when we came to this country. However, being as creative of a culture as we are, we were able to develop foods that became the basis and the root of what we could eat to survive. Over time, as we grew to actually... um, enjoy those sort of foods and they became part of our culture, they um, become deep rooted, but they're not necessarily the most healthiest items that we can eat. And what it has done also is it has limited our ability to be outside of the box, if you will, in our thinking. And one of the things that we've been able to do at Aunt Connie's is take some of those items that are culturally rooted that we enjoy, put a twist on them and have them become more healthy. And you can still enjoy what you enjoy, but at the same time, have a healthier version of it. Over time, um, to answer your question, what has happened is the mainstream has taken most of what we like. And I go back to, which I always go back to in my classes, the salt and the sugar. That is what we like. That is what we've been trained essentially by manufacturers. And when they're creating food, new food for us to enjoy or purchase, because after all, the end game for them is to make money. They always focus on the salt and the sugar. Fast foods, 
have become very prevalent in our community. If you'll notice, and we were just talking about this with a, some friends yesterday, there's very few of these fast food fried chicken type establishments outside of our community. There's very, very few of those. And the reason why is because they know that we are the audience for them and they're gonna make them more crispy, the greasier, the better, I guess, because that's what they do and they appeal to an audience and we are going for, I guess you call it the okie doke because the saltier they can make it, the sweeter they can make it, the more we will buy it. So, so when you think about, you know, what we're eating and the amount of salt and the amount of sugar that we, we put in our food and the impact that has on obesity. So one of the, one of the things that a lot of disease is amplified by obesity. So can you tell us a little bit about how not only in what we're eating, but also, uh, volume. So for example, you know, going to McDonald's, now they have this thing about supersizing it and all this other stuff. So not only are folks getting maybe food that's not healthy for them, but now they're getting large portions of it. Well, it's very significant because in fact, one of the things we talk about in our classes are uh, portion control. When you get that full, full feeling, I know that when people come to some of the catering events that I've done, they, they'll tell me right off the top, you know, I've been, I, I didn't eat all day long because I'm saving my stomach to get here to eat with this because I know the food's going to be good. Well, you know what? That's absolutely the incorrect thing to do because filling your stomach in that way, getting that stuffed, that overstuffed feeling, you're actually full about almost 20 to 30 minutes before you get to that feeling. So what we're doing is, is we're creating a condition inside of our, our bodies that is training us to want more and more and more. So then what happens is the industry starts, again, remember, the industry pretty much does what the audience is desiring. So they found out through research that, oh, wow, these folks like a lot of food. So guess what we'll do? We'll supersize it. And of course, we're thinking, wow, that's great. I can spend my money now and look at all the food I can get because we are now accustomed to feeding our bodies these large, large portions. Well, your body is not able to handle it. I know I had um, recently a person in my class tell me that as a result of eating properly, she had lost a few pounds and the aches in her knees had gone away. And guess what? It was because she was carrying too much weight on those legs. So we have to be very, very careful in terms of our portions. We need to read more. One of the biggest discoveries I had when I started this business is that I found out that in general, most people don't even understand what they're putting in their bodies. For instance, you should only have about 2,300 milligrams of salt per day, of sodium per day. That's pretty much the limit for just about everyone of adult age. And then we've got this thing called the Impossible Burger, and it's plant-based. So everyone's kind of saying, oh, this must be great. This must be wonderful because it's plant-based and I can eat healthy. Well, guess what? It has 1,900 milligrams of sodium in it. 
So 2,300 minus 1,900, you have just by eating that one item gotten to your limit of sodium for that day. So reading labels and, and looking at that nutritional panel is extremely, extremely important because our food is laden with sodium. I don't know, another example my, is this whole thing right now as I'm looking at the shelves is uh, sugar-free. So people are gravitating towards that because they're like, oh, this must be good for me because it's sugar-free, I'm a diabetic. However, if you read the labels, it's artificial sweeteners that are being added because once again, we've attuned, our bodies have become attuned to having that really sweet sugar taste and that really sweet, uh, I'm sorry, salty sodium. So here we are with palates in our, going back culturally, where our palates are rooted in sweet, salty, and I guess I'll add hot sauce because there's a lot of hot sauce going on out there. But that's kind of where we've limited our palates and we really need to expand our taste buds, if you will, so that other things become more desirable, like seasonings. Um, we just went through a class where we did, we added thyme and we added oregano and all of these seasonings that, by the way, come from the quote, mother country. These are all seasonings that, you know, when Columbus and the boys were leaving, uh, going through Asia and all these places, they were coming to get our seasonings, our food, and taking it back to the queen. And we somehow have gotten away from that because of our transition to this country and being fed the scraps off the table. We have totally left that in a lot of ways. But, you know, all of this comes from us. We need to get back to us. Was salt more readily available, you know, during our times of enslavement in the South? Was that a, one of the reasons why there, we, there is so much salt in some of the, in the cooking? Was it was it was it a function of just availability uh, during those times? Yeah, salt is a preservative, and um, whenever you preserve like meats and that sort of thing, there was an abundance of it because when you you dry. Um, I don't know all the exact terms, but as you can, you can lay it in the sun and dry it, the byproduct becomes salt. So that salt was used to preserve meats. And, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of our food, particularly in the frozen section, that's why a lot of those foods have salt in them because it's used as a preservative. It's kind of a, a uh, like a hamster wheel. We want things fast in order to get things fast. We have to preserve them. In order to preserve them, we put salt in them or other, there's other preservatives, but pretty much salt is the one in order to give it longer shelf life so that it, when it gets to the, from the factory to the shelf to you, I will be able to say that it's, health, it's good for you. It's still okay for you to eat because it's been preserved this time period for you. And again, as I say, creatively, we took what we had. That's, that is just... I can't emphasize enough our creativity. And what we did was we took what we had and we created what is known as our staple cultural uh, food stuff that we eat today. So let's talk about what we drink. Soda pop. Okay. I always sometimes when oh, I'm in the, the grocery store and and again we're and we're not we're not food shaming anybody. We're not you know no, judging anybody. No. We're just we just want to give you no, we just want to give you information. 
and you know, invariably you see the, the person with like the case of soda pop, uh, Pepsi, Coke, all those other things. Can you explain to the folks how much damage and how much sugar are in mm-hmm. these 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 sodas? Well, that's a good one because again, I go back to the first premise. The manufacturer, there is actually a war between Coke and Pepsi. I used to be in that industry. And they they fight over how much market share can they get. So first off, that's one of the, because I could never figure out how is it that you can go to the store and buy three and get four free? And I'm like, <laughs> basically, basically what they're selling you costs pennies, literally pennies. It, uh, what's in those bottles is is very cheap, okay? So you're paying $17 or so, and you're getting eight, eight cases of six packs or whatever it is. So again, I go back to reading labels and understanding what's going on. Sugar, the average person should only have 32 grams of sugar per day, 32, okay? If we look at, let's just take one that I know is really popular, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, actually, the regular Mountain Dew, one serving size, which now, by the way, one serving size used to be 16 ounces. It is now 20 ounces. So this is how they kind of grab you in the hype because they charge you a little bit more and they give you, and of course you're saying, oh, for that $1.75, now I can get 20 ounces of soda? This is fabulous. However, when you look at the bottle, there is about 59 grams of sugar in one bottle of Mountain Dew. Uh, Dr. Pepper is about 65 grams of sugar. Now, mind you, I just told you, 32 grams is what your limit is per day. So if you're drinking one or two bottles of soda per day, you're already tripling and quadrupling your your sugar intake just on soda pop alone. So, So let's think about it. Let's do a case study here. Okay. So let's say you're an African-American male. Yeah, let's put you at about 35, maybe about 10 to 15 pounds, a little heavier than you ought to be. And so you start your day and you go and you, instead of eating breakfast at home, because you're, you're busy, you're on your way to work, you stop at a donut place and get a coffee and two donuts. What have you done so far? You just blew your sugar right there because nine times out of 10, you're going to put two packets of sugar in your coffee. You might add a little cream and then you have your two donuts. So you're probably almost at 30 grams of sugar right there. And that's your daily allowance. So then I go, so I go through my day and I, and let's say I have a desk job. So I'm sitting most of my day and stuff. And now it's 1230 and it's time for lunch. Of course, I didn't bring my lunch. I didn't make my lunch, so I'm gonna go out and I go and I get. I'll go to a fast food restaurant. And I get a a cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. That's my lunch. Now, what have I done in terms of combining my breakfast to my lunch? Oh, well, your sodium content just went through the roof for sure, and now you've just added on probably another because those fountain drinks have, uh, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head now. So about a 30, bring it down. I'm going to bring it down to about a 20 ounce. About a 20 ounce fountain drink is going to have at least 25 grams of sugar in it. 
and then your fries and your cheeseburger, you're probably up around 1,100 milligrams of sodium. So before, so before you even had your dinner, you're already over the limits, right? Over the sugar so, limit. You're not quite over your sodium limit yet, but you're over your sugar limit, yes. Okay. So then though, but you're going to try to, but you're going to try to eat healthy. Right. And so, so you have maybe some, some baked chicken and some rice and stuff and a vegetable, but because you want the taste to be a little better, you put that hot sauce on that chicken, put a lot on there. And then, you know, the, the rice is a little bland. So you throw a little sugar on that. And, and of course, you know, you gotta, you gotta add some, uh, a taste of those vegetables that you, you're going to eat. So you slap some butter on them. So how, yeah. how are you doing so far? <laughs> uh, well, you have not had a healthy day. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You, you have not had a healthy day. So what in the reverse of that, what I would suggest is that to start off your morning, coffee is fine. Try not to use the um, right now, I think it's really popular to use these flavored creamers. You know, try not to use a flavored creamer. Try to tap down. It, it's a gradual thing. It's never cold turkey, because if you try to do this cold turkey, you will eventually come back because it hasn't been ingrained as part of your normal. It has. It's a. It's something that you say. It's kind of like the the young lady who's gonna get married and says, "I want to look great that day on my in my wedding dress." And she goes on this crash diet. She looks great the day of the wedding, and then afterwards, she's so hungry she doesn't know what to do with herself, and that weight comes right back again. You don't want to do that. So what I say is gradual. So if you're using three packets of sugar, then cut back to two. And then after you get accustomed to that taste of two, cut back to one. Do it gradually. I would leave the donuts off. And the other thing, which is another um, uh, area that people think is juice. I get a lot of people who tell me, well, you know, I just went on a juice diet. Juice is laden with sugar. So just switching over to juice doesn't do it either. So in the mornings, I would have either uh, oatmeal where you could put some fruit in it, some fresh cut fruit or something like that. Now that still has sugar, but it is natural sugar. So going back to our, I'm going to go back a minute to our soft drinks because soft drinks also has something called high fructose corn syrup, which our bodies do not digest very well. And high fructose corn syrup is a derivative of, again, the industry deciding that it was costing them too much money to ship sugar around to make things. So of course the guy in the laboratory said, well, if we liquefy it, we can put it in tanker trucks, just like they do gasoline. They put, put them in tanker trucks and, and um, ship it around, which is cheaper for them. So this high fructose corn syrup is in a lot of, most of your sodas, a lot of um, your frozen, like the, um, the uh, popsicles and things like that, you have to be really careful because high fructose corn syrup, again, as I said, is not easily break, broken down in your body. And that will also help to put those that, that weight on. It, it clogs your arteries. It leads down our path to the diabetes, the hypertension, et cetera. So you gotta be careful there as well. 
Wow. So, so let me just talk about our children real quickly because we are, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time and I want to give people an opportunity to let them know how they can get in contact with you. But we know that probably about 90% of the kids in the Buffalo Public Schools are, are eating, uh, you know, eating in school. And, and I'm sort of horrified at some of the uh, packaging or the things that are given to the children early in the morning. High sugary cereals, honey buns, things of that nature. And even those packages of juice, which aren't really juice. They're, I don't know, they're like a juice thingy. I don't know what they are. So, so can you tell us about how that begins to, to create an appetite within our children to almost, almost crave some of these high sugar, high salt type items because they're getting fed them every day in the, in the schools. We're grateful that you've been, we're gonna have you back on. We're gonna put the link to your website, to our website, buffalohealthequity.org, buffalohealthequity.org to get in contact with you. We're gonna have you on again, because this is some very uh, life-saving information. So this is Pastor George Nicholas, chair of the Buffalo Center for Health Equity and the, the African-American Health Equity Task Force. And this, you have been listening to the Igniting Hope podcast today with uh, Chef Connie Irvin, who has been providing some, some outstanding information for us about, you know, making sure that we change some of our habits and, and how we feed ourselves and how we feed those, our loved ones, those around us. And if you don't want to change your eating habits for yourself, change them for the people in your life for the people that love you, the people who care about you. But we just want folks to begin to just think and pause for a moment about what this is actually doing to my body and then get the information about how you can better feed yourself and feed those around you. Uh, we're looking forward to our, our next podcast and we're gonna absolutely have uh, Sister Connie Irvin on with us again. And we're gonna talk some more about how we feed ourselves and how food impacts our health. Thank you for Thank spending you so some much. time with us today. You're welcome. Well, it's been Ignited Hope Radio. Thank you for tuning in for your weekly dose of hope. And we ask you listeners to please share, like, subscribe, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, whatever your podcast listening platform is. Share it with a friend and tell us what you think. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and be healthy. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. At Start With Sleep, the parent company to the Doze, we're looking to simplify the process of getting you consistent and better sleep. So we're excited to unveil a unique approach to home sleep testing as part of our new model. Our unique device, unlike traditional options, can be used for up to 28 days. It's a convenient, easy-to-use, and wallet-friendly option. Plus, we deliver it free, right to your doorstep with free returns. No more back and forth to doctor's appointments. Also, if you have a sleep disorder, we provide remote appointments that fit your schedule with no travel needed. A prescription for therapy is also provided without the need to spend multiple nights in a sleep lab. Last, it's a great tool for gaining actionable insights on how to improve your sleep. Visit us at startwithsleep.com to schedule yours today.